Lunatic Soup Podcast, hosted by Megan Reyna, is a supernatural podcast that explores all things wild, weird, and unknown, with a few laughs along the way. Every Thursday, Meg and Raina delve into the realm of the paranormal, unraveling ghost stories that'll send shivers down your spine, unveiling cryptids that defy explanation, and exploring encounters with extraterrestrial beings that'll leave you questioning reality itself. But that's not all. The Lunatic Soup podcast goes beyond mere storytelling. Meg and Raina sit down with experts in the field of the paranormal, including seasoned ghost hunters, passionate historians, and knowledgeable supernatural enthusiasts. Together, they unearth the secrets hidden in the shadows and bring you the latest insights into the unknown. As they venture into the mysteries of the universe, Meg and Raina add their own special touch of passion and enthusiasm, making every episode a thrilling and captivating experience. And what's a podcast without a little indulgence? Stick around to join them in sampling locally crafted hard ciders lovingly referred to as lunatic soup. So, if you're ready to unlock the mysteries of the paranormal world while sipping on some lunatic soup, tune in every Thursday to the Lunatic Soup Podcast. Prepare to be spellbound, entertained, and enlightened. Ready to brew some lunatic soup? A link will be provided in this episode's description, so check it out. Your old pal Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and welcome back to Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Asylum 817 Productions, Spotify, Prevail Guitar Works, and Distro Kid. So, yeah, it's been a week. Isn't that crazy? This one's flew, absolutely flew. I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad to be making some more stuff here for you. This one I've been wanting to get to. The Ghosts of Alcatraz Island, California. Just the word Alcatraz puts a lot of images in your head, doesn't it? At least for me, it does. Especially living in the U.S., I know that we have a lot of listeners in other countries. We got listeners all around the world. I don't know if it's like that for you, but around these parts, you say the word Alcatraz and immediately conjures up <laughs> a lot of images. Centuries old history, man. That island. It goes back centuries old history from ancient Native Americans to Fort Alcatraz, military barracks, most often known uh, service as one of the toughest federal penitentiaries in the entire nation, in the nation's history, in fact. It's no wonder that this place is said to be one of the most haunted in the entire country. Not just prisons, but anything most haunted, one of the most haunted buildings, locations. Often described as a portal to another dimension by some, Alcatraz is filled with the energy of those who came to the rock, which is its nickname, and seemingly never left. From its first visitors, tales and legends of the island have circulated for centuries. In the beginning, the Native Americans believed that the island was inhabited by evil spirits. As severe punishment... This is this blew me away when I found this out on my during my research. As a, and this is true, mind blowing. As a severe punishment for violations of tribal law, 
Native Americans were sometimes isolated on the island or even banished for life to live among said evil spirits. Not only would that be a complete just mind job, but it was an ultimate act of disgrace. You're here to live among the evil spirits. <clears throat> Crazy. Exiled among these entities that they said have been out there for centuries. I don't know what kind of um, infraction merited that kind of punishment, but that's, that's pretty hefty stuff. Today, these spirits that continue to lurk in the shadows and often fog-enshrouded island have been heard, seen, and felt by both the staff and countless visitors to Alcatraz. The sounds of men's voices, screams, whistles, clanging metal doors, terrifying screams are said to be heard within these historic walls, especially near the dungeon. We'll get to that. While the island served as a federal penitentiary, you know, several guards reported extraordinary experiences, including hearing sounds of sobbing, moaning, terrible smells, and reports of what they call the thing. It's an entity that was said to appear with glowing eyes. Other reports were made of phantom prisoners and soldiers appearing before guards and families who lived on the island. And we'll get to more specific stuff here in a minute, giving you kind of, a, kind of an overview. Reportedly, even Warden Johnston, who did not believe in ghosts, once encountered the unmistakable sounds of a woman sobbing while leading several guests on a tour of the prison. The cries heard by the warden and the guests were described as coming from inside the walls of the dungeon. Just as the sobbing stopped, an icy cold wind blew through the group, not into the group, blew through their bodies, as they said. Since the 1940s, apparitions have been seen at the site of the now burned out shell of the warden's house. During a Christmas party at Warden Johnson, several guards told the story of a ghostly man who suddenly appeared before them wearing a gray suit, a brimmed cap, and sporting mutton, uh, mutton chop sideburns. As the startled guards uh, stared at the apparition, the room suddenly turned very cold, and the fire in the Ben Franklin stove was extinguished. Have you ever see a Ben Franklin stove? It's not easy to extinguish one of them. <laughs> that, that just doesn't happen. Less than a minute later, the spirit vanished. Often it's been reported that the old lighthouse, because uh, there is a lighthouse on the island, will suddenly appear on foggy nights, accompanied by an eerie whistling sound and a flashing green light that makes its way slowly around the island. Appearing to both guards and visitors alike, the spectacle vanishes just as suddenly as it disappears. When the prison was still open, other guards told of hearing phantom cannons gunshots accompanied by screams that were so real they sent the seasoned guards to the ground believing that prisoners had somehow escaped and obtained weapons after taking cover the guards they uh, they would cautiously you know look around they would find nothing these incidents could never be explained another often reported experience of the guards was the smell of smoke that often came from a deserted laundry room as if something was on fire. When they investigated, 
The black smoke was so thick that it drove the guards from the room. However, just minutes later, the room was completely smoke-free. They didn't even smell it. The notorious D-block of the prison is said to have been and continues to be the most haunted block in the entire prison. While first built the same as, you know, the other cell blocks, the Bureau of Prisons, very clever guys, Bureau of Prisons <laughs> appropriated additional money for a more secure D-block after the 1939 escape attempt in which Arthur Doc Barker was killed. D-block, which became known as the treatment unit, comprised of 42 cells with varying degrees of restrictions. For all prisoners incarcerated in D-block, there was no contact with the general population. None. 36 of the cells were virtually like the others in the general pop. However, in, uh, inmates were not allowed to work nor go to the mess hall for meals. They were allowed only one visit to the rec yard, two showers each week, and all meals were served in their cells. The, the, their only diversion was reading of prison-approved material. These cells all faced the Golden Gate Bridge, from which fierce cold winds often blew. One guard who worked D-Block was known to turn on the AC to make it even colder for those confined on the block, I guess just to punish them further. Five of the remaining six cells in D-Block were known as strip cells, but were more often referred to as the whole, solitary. Reserved for mo the, the most severe offenders of prison rules, these cells were located on the bottom tier, the coldest place in the entire prison, and contained only a sink, a toilet, a low-wattage light bulb that the guards could turn off. The prisoners' mattresses were taken away during the day, and they were not allowed at any time in the yard, no, or showers, or given reading materials, nothing. Completely isolated and in a state of constant boredom. The last strip cell, known as the Oriental, God, that's a punishment on its own. Calling the cell the Oriental, doesn't it sound very five-star to you? Damn. <laughs> that's mental torture there. Was the most severe punishment the prison could possibly assign. Yeah, even worse than the whole. Assuring complete deprivation of all peripheral senses, this dark steel-encased cell contained no sink, no sink, no toilet, just a small hole in the floor for drain for prisoner waste. Can you imagine? Complete darkness and constantly having to smell your own waste. Oh, my God. Inmates were placed... Yeah, you're naked on top of that. Inmates were placed naked in the cell, severely restricted diet, and confined in pitch, darkness, as well as freezing cold. Although a sleeping mattress was allowed at night, it was removed at dawn each morning. Inmates were only subject to this degree of punishment for only like one to two days. So you're not going to hurt, you know, serve your whole sentence there, obviously, but... I mean, <laughs> it, if, if you served even more than a few days, you probably wouldn't even survive. One or two days, that's bad enough, boy. A former guard who worked at the prison in the 1940s reported that guards often saw the ghostly presence of a man dressed in late 1800s prison attire walking the hallway next to the strip cells. On one occasion, when an inmate was locked in the hole... He immediately began to scream that someone with glowing eyes was in there with him. And this wasn't just an isolated incident. This wasn't just one prisoner. I found multiple reports of this. It was only reported 
officially on one occasion. But if you look at kind of unofficial sources, this happened quite a bit, apparently. So, I mean, officially we only have the one instance of that occurring. But still, <laughs> it's a hell of an instance, isn't it? The 19th... Uh, why can't I say the word 19th? The 19th century spectral prisoner had become so much of a practical joke among the guards that the convicts' cries of being attacked by this entity were completely ignored. The inmate screams continued well into the night, and this is according to the official report, when they were suddenly replaced by total silence. When the guards inspected the cell the following morning, the, con the convict was found dead with a terrible expression on his face and notable handprints around his throat. The autopsy revealed that the strangulation was not self-inflicted. Now, we have very, very vague reports on this. Not only did they keep terrible records back then, but you could, <clears throat> you could go one of two ways with it. You could say that in order to avoid any kind of, you know, bullshit coming back at them. They, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very lackluster investigation, not a lot of stuff actually recorded. Or you could just say that this, you know, that there's some embellishments here. But no, I mean, I read it. It's all in there. The name of the prisoner is blacked out. I know absolutely nothing about the actual person that this happened to. That's what makes me think, you know, the prison was trying to do this and get it you know what I mean like get it taken care of quietly because all the actual pedigree information about the prisoner was blacked out I don't know who this person was but there was a report and it's all in there at the time many believed that the inmate was strangled by a guard which is possible too who had finally had enough of this guy's screaming though I read this investigation. I read the whole thing. No one ever admitted to the strangling. Most believe that the prisoner was killed by the restless evil spirit of the 19th century prisoner who was often seen wandering the corridor, that he was killed by a ghost. Adding to this mystery, when the guards line up the convicts for a daily count, <clears throat> that morning, the, I mean the next morning, <laughs> one too many were in lineup. They did three counts that morning. There was one extra prisoner lined up. Three counts, one extra prisoner. At the end of the row appeared the recently strangled convict. In case you're wondering who that extra prisoner was, it was the guy who just died the night before. They counted him three times. As everyone, guards and prisoners alike, they just looked in stunned silence when they realized who the hell they were counting extra, and then this person just vanished. Today's visitors and staff often report cold spots within the hallways of D-Block. I kind of find that a little silly because Alcatraz is a cold spot, literally. <laughs> it's an island. It's located right on the water. The place is... Uh, good luck finding any you know major kind of insulation there. It's just... It's an old... It's, it's extremely old place. You know, it's right in the middle of the water, man. It's cold there, no matter where you stand. But, yeah, I'll, yeah let's just keep reading. <laughs> let's just keep, you know what I mean? Within the hallways of D-Block, as well as sudden intense feelings of dread, cells 12 and 14D are the most active. 
Cell 14D is often reported to be almost 20 degrees colder than the rest of the cells on the block. 20. There have been tests, there have been times where people had, you know, measuring equipment. They would uh, measure the temperature, you know, in the cell. They would take one step out and it would be 20 degrees warmer. Numerous psychics have felt emotionally charged impressions in the corners of the cells where punished prisoners were known to have crouched and suffered. These cells are so eerie. Even the photos. It's said that some park rangers even refuse to go there alone. When authors, uh, authors, an authored. See, if I just invent the word authored, I didn't mess up. No. <laughs> when authors, authors, Richard Weiner and Nancy Osborne, authors of the book Haunted Houses, made a trip to Alcatraz. They also felt eerie feelings in cell 14D. When the pair entered the cell along with a park ranger, they all felt strong vibrations, tingling sensation on their hands and arms. Convinced that something or someone was in there with them, Osborne stated she had never felt so much psychic energy in one spot. Co-author of the book Haunted Alcatraz, Michael Corey. He described receiving psychic impressions when he visited 14D. Also experiencing tingling sensations, he tells of seeing a small man with his head shaved who told of being beaten, his legs broken by guards, and left in solitary confinement. On another occasion, the renowned ghost hunter Richard Sennett and a psychic spent the night on Alcatraz. Sennett locked himself in 12D. He got some balls. An evil spirit is said to make his home there. As the steel door was closed, the ghost hunter felt icy fingers wrap around his neck while the experienced psychic visions of the bodies he had of twisted, dismembered men. He was in tears. He said he'd never had a reaction like that before. Ever. The laundry room in cell block C is also said to hold an unseen presence. What's funny is I found out... uh, (laughs) This this was this this was nuts. When I found out that a CBS news team brought in celebrity psychic Sylvia Brown, you know, the Sylvia Brown, along with ex-convict Leon Thompson. Normally, when I see the name Sylvia Brown, I'm like, oh, okay, next. <laughs> you know, just I see her as a bit of a charlatan. But anyway, I just I had to tell you this story. Sylvia immediately encountered the unseen presence and strong impressions of violence in the laundry room. She described a tall man with bald head and small beady eyes. Leon Thompson, the ex-convict, moved forward and said, I remember this guy. She described him to a T. He said his name was Butcher. He was a hitman with Murder Incorporated before they caught him. His actual name is Abby Maldowitz, but they called him the Butcher. Another prisoner killed him in the laundry room. This actually happened. Prison records confirmed that Maldowitz was killed by another inmate in the laundry area of cell block C. Could this be something that uh, Sylvia Brown already knew? More than likely. Sylvia Brown does her homework. But still, pretty weird, huh? Excuse me. In the old hospital ward, park personnel has often heard voices and screams of inmates who were often secured to a table until they were calmed down. Keep in mind of when this prison was operating. This is normal stuff back then, you know. Today it'd be considered, <laughs> that prison would be in so much shit. But back then it was, you know, pretty standard practice. Voices are also heard in the old mess hall. In case you're wondering, yeah, he was there. Al Capone. 
It's not just an anachronistic story. It's just not, you know, it's not just a tale to be told. Yeah, Al Capone was really there. He was imprisoned at Alcatraz, probably its most famous resident. He was assigned to a cell located on the outer west end of cell block B. Though the gangster was never allowed a musical instrument or a radio, people... (laughs) It's crazy. People are reporting hearing the sound of a phantom banjo strumming in his cell. In 1992, Alcatraz was featured on the popular TV program Sightings. If you're old like me, you should remember that show. It was awesome. Caused a lot of sleepless nights when I was a kid, (laughs) but I couldn't keep myself away from it. Several of the Park Service staff confirmed the haunted history of the prison. Among the stories told by staff were unexplainable crashing sounds, running footsteps, unearthly screams, cell doors that mysteriously closed of their own accord, moans, chains rattling, constant feelings of being watched. Sightings also enlisted the help of a psychic investigator, Peter James, to get his impressions as he walked through the prison. James soon described hearing the voices of men who had been driven mad and experiences of a few of abuse, fear, and extreme pain. The tales of ghostly hauntings upon Alcatraz Island have become so frequent that the legends have become as popular as the island's long history itself. Seemingly, the paranormal prison is destined to live up to its popular nickname that the <laughs> that the park rangers around the area call it Hellcatraz. Wow. Wow. That's not uh, very park rangery. That's that's pretty heavy stuff, man. Hellcatraz, wow. And, you know, I, I don't want to give psychics a lot of crap. But here's the thing. And it's not just because I'm a Christian. As a Christian, I am forbidden. And I, I mean that. I'm straight up forbidden to visit oracles, soothsayers, stuff like that. We're forbidden to do that. And... The Bible acknowledges that these people do have this ability. It's just that we're forbidden to do that. And there's reasons for that. I think the main reason being, excuse me, is that the Bible, well, I'm not going to get all preachy on you. I'll tell you what, I just, I'll, I won't, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a fucking sermon. But uh, we're just, that's just part of our belief system. We're not to go to oracles and soothsayers and stuff like that. But the Bible does acknowledge that these people do have these abilities. This is a thing. So yeah, I do believe that psychics are a thing. But the reason I give psychics so much shit on the show is because we don't need them. We don't. It's impossible to tell. Impossible to tell if this person just did their research, did their homework, or if they're really seeing what they're seeing, because you're hearing it from, you're hearing it third hand, you know, you're hearing it from the horse, the the mouth of another horse, you know what I mean? I just find that silly, because there are evidences that you can figure out. EMF meters, black lights, temperature conditions, photography, there are ways that you can confirm that there's a haunting in a place. And I think we firmly established on the show that, yes, hauntings are real. We've proven some. We've debunked some. But I think we've proven that this is legit. You don't need a psychic to prove it. A psychic may be able... And I do believe that some psychics are real. I think... Uh, I just... I'm not going to give my opinion on psychics. I probably shouldn't because they're not required. 
I think they just muddy up the program. If you're trying to debunk something or prove something, I genuinely believe this. I think they just muck up the whole thing. They're unnecessary. Yeah, they could say they could tap into spirits or whatever, and they can stir things up or calm things down. Well, you can too. It's been widely reported. It's very, very common knowledge that you can go into a haunted place, piss it off, stir some stuff up, say it's too much of a pussy to show itself. You can piss these things off or you can calm it down. There are ways to do that. I just don't see a psychic as a necessary part of paranormal investigations. I just don't. You don't need them. You don't need them to prove or debunk anything. They might be able to give you a little bit of extra insight. Yeah. But I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in can we prove, can we debunk? And that's what these investigations should come down to. Could Sylvia Brown have done her homework, you know, and <laughs> figured something out? Yeah, yeah. She was good at it. She was known for it. But I, I, I say again, we don't need her. There is an absolutely stunning amount of reports coming from Alcatraz. Stunning amount. It was almost difficult to come up with how the hell am I going to make this episode flow? What stories am I going to talk about? This is just the tip of the iceberg. The amount of stuff coming haunting-wise from Alcatraz is mind-blowing. It's just a law of averages to me. I don't need to get into specifics or semantics. Law of averages is a big thing, right? If you have this many people over this period of time coming forward and saying there's something going on here, going all the way back to the Native Americans, they were terrified of this island. This is documented stuff. Did they know something we didn't? Alcatraz... You don't need to be a historian. You don't need to be a gumshoe. You don't need to have, you know, stayed there. You don't need to be a journalist to know that despite how your feelings are against certain crimes and how people need to be treated in the prison system in America, which is just absolutely abysmal, in my opinion anyway, but you don't need to be an expert to know that things going on at Alcatraz were would be considered downright cruel today. Some people say, hey, say that to the families of the people that these, these like, look at the people, uh, say that to the families of the people that Al Capone murdered. I get it. I totally get it. I do. And if it was me on the flip side of that coin, if it was something that one of these guys did to my family, I, I don't know what I would say, honestly. I really wouldn't. But that's a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> that's a discussion for another time. If you just look at it at face value, okay, let's just say face value. What went on in Alcatraz was cruel and unusual. It's no secret that there were issues issues with the guards, mistreating prisoners, beating the shit out of them. It was just, it was a cruel place. This was known as one of the toughest prisons in American history. A lot of pain in that place. A lot of resentment, a lot of anger, right? A lot of criminality, a lot of psychosis. Something had to, had to have imprinted on that place. 
I, I tried to steer away from the um, discussion of belief on this show. We need something cold. We need something hard. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting here thinking, should I say this? Because this isn't, this isn't an opinion podcast. You know what I mean? But I just get the overwhelming feeling that places, homes, prisons, facilities like this, parcels of land, islands, castles, whatever it is, they hold something. They remember something. It's like a part of the emotions kind of stayed there. You know what I mean? Alcatraz, everybody that visits the place says it's, 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 it's thick. The air is thick there. It's a really heavy place. Well, no shit. You're walking around an abandoned prison, one of the most notorious prisons that ever existed. You're walking the same hallways that Al Capone walked. These prisoners at some times were, there's a lot of reports, straight up tortured. Do they deserve it? Like I said, that's a discussion for another time. But it happened. Could something have imprinted on this place? Were the Native Americans right? As far as proof goes, <clears throat> I looked up photos, I looked up videos, ghost investigations, all kinds of stuff. And I gotta tell you, as haunted as this place is supposed to be, I've seen better quote-unquote ghost photos or paranormal photos from places that were just one-off hauntings. The evidence, if you consider the amount of things that people are seeing and experiencing at Alcatraz, I would think there'd be a hell of a lot better photographic evidence than this. I'm not going to take the word of a psychic, sorry. It's not because I'm prejudiced towards them. It's not because of my you know, personal belief system. It's not because of any of that. It's because psychics, as far as these kind of investigations, are unnecessary. Because... We have enough tools to where we could prove or disprove a haunting. Don't need a psychic. You know what I mean? You're getting your engine switched out. You don't need you don't need someone who's good at detailing. You're getting an engine put in. What the hell's a detailer gonna do? <laughs> Hold a wrench for the actual mechanic that's doing the work. What what a detailer does is they have their merits too. They have their job. Psychics have their job. But I don't think it should have anything to do with what we're doing here, proving or disproving. You're taking the word of somebody that supposedly is seeing or hearing something. No, I want some damn evidence. I want something hardcore. I want something real. There are people that swear they've seen these. And, and hauntings are legit. Hauntings, I believe. I don't even won't even say we believe. We have proven that hauntings occur. I don't know how the ghost thing happens. I don't know how it ties into reality. I don't know how it ties into time and other dimensions and this or that life or death. I have no idea, but I will tell you that there is some, something, there is something about the human entity that sticks around after death. I don't know if it's the soul. I don't know if it's a spirit. I don't know if it's sapient. I don't know if, it's just the non-linear time and you're watching kind of you know, reruns. You're watching time merge in together. I don't know. But something is happening. This phenomenon is legitimate. I'm going to have to rule Alcatraz as inconclusive. 
because I'm not seeing anything that straight up disproves it or debunks it. There's no shenanigans happening here. There's no, like we explained with a couple of the other hauntings that we ended up debunking, you know, gas leak, a road in the weird place, camera malfunctions, you know, we've been able to explain that kind of stuff. There's nothing really that points out here at Alcatraz, nothing, because these reports go back for centuries. And if these reports go back for centuries... There's got to be something here. But then again, you're walking around in an <laughs> abandoned prison on an island. Freezing cold island. Doesn't matter. I don't care what fucking month it is. It is cold in that building. And the things that happened in there, the people that were locked up in there, if you didn't... And one of the big things is experiences of intense fear and dread. You're walking around Alcatraz, for fuck's sake. If you didn't feel intense feelings of fear or dread, then I would stay away from you. Please walk at the back of the tour group. I find you to be disturbed. <laughs> There's something wrong with you. If you're not in a place like that and you don't feel feelings of intense dread. That doesn't hold a lot of water for me. The photographs are lackluster at best. There's not a lot of video evidence, but I can't write this off because it's kind of funny to prove something. You actually have to, you, you have to prove it, right? You have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this thing exists. But what's funny is I've realized after a while of doing the show now is that it takes just as much quote unquote proving things to debunk stuff too, because with debunking, you need to have, you still need to have evidence. You still need to have something there that says, ah, <laughs> here it is. I got an explanation, and it's real, and it's tangible. Debunking doesn't just... A lot of people think it's just throwing up your hands and being like, oh, that's bullshit. Debunking takes just as much research, just as much proof as proving something does. Sounds counterintuitive, but that's just how it is. Sounds weird, but that's the way the cookie crumbles, man. Alcatraz. Inconclusive in my book. There is something going on there, but I... We don't know what it is. Is it haunted? No idea. There's really nothing to say definitively that it is. I can tell you that there is something going on there. I don't know if it's just the weight of that place. We don't know. There's nothing straight up to debunk it either. So what do we say to that? Inconclusive. It's a fascinating place. I've always wanted to go, actually. So what do you think about Alcatraz, The Rock? Let me know, all right? That's all, friends. Special thanks to this week's sponsors who made this show possible. Make sure to check out the link to our Patreon page in this episode's description, where as little as a dollar a month, you can get everything from bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, giveaways of certain tiers, outtakes, bloopers, and a podcast just for the patrons. Who does that? This guy. Special thanks to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes. Dilligaff, I appreciate you. Now... Are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. Do you 
ever just want to have an excuse not to go out and you can't tell your friends no? Well, here is your excuse, In For The Night. It is a comedy podcast that has everything you need. They discuss and suggest movies that they would like to see and give their ratings. Then do a deep dive into different topics ranging from true crime, the paranormal, and let's face it, shenanigans. It's fun to listen to and laugh at as you relax at home, in your car, when you're working out. The episodes upload weekly so you can get your fix. Uploaded on all major listening platforms. Let them give you a reason to stay in for the night. So check it out, In For The Night Podcast. A link will be provided in this episode's description.